TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. And gentlemen, today I was at the Real Food Revolution and you guys have oh, done... Oh, that's right. You were too. I was, I was. And you guys were uh, at the... Uh, you guys done your talk at the Adelaide and um, Sydney. I'm oh, sorry, Melbourne. Melbourne. And uh, yeah, Brett's going to be doing Sydney. Sydney. coming up. That's right. It's pretty interesting though because um, at the Real Food Revolution, there's, um, you know, it was a sold out crowd. Congratulations to Rory and Zane for putting on a great show yeah, across the, you know, across Australia. Pete sure. Evans was there and... You know, it's just amazing. It, what's yeah, amazing about it is that there's so many people um, presenting on different topics. And, um, and, and you know, there's vegans. I think Roy was telling me that that's just like 20% vegans um, in, in the group. And there's people who are paleo, obviously. And there's, you know, so many different variety of things. And we thought we'd do a dedicated on a, a episode on what are some of the common things? I mean, obviously, there's differences amongst, you know, lifestyle, mindset, principles, and exercise, you know, whether you're a CrossFitter or you're, you know, a triathlete or, you know, whatever it is, there's obviously differences. But what are some of the common themes about health and wellness? Because everybody wants to know, like everybody's, you know, I guess it's different strokes with different folks, right? But what are the, some of the common things that amongst all of those things, food, nutrition, exercise, and mindset that are pretty much the same principles across the board. And we thought we'd dedicate a whole show on just the health and wellness principles. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I love it, LT. Because we were just saying just before that, you know, so often there's these sort of perceived clash. You know, it's like the paleo versus the vegan versus the blood type versus the, you know, all the different diets that are out there. And it's almost like it, it's like a competitive sport, you know, to see which one's better and who wins and who's right. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's just about finding what's right for you. And there, and there is so much commonality. Like, I think when we look in the health and wellness sphere, we really agree on most things. You know, there's a few little bits around the edges that we might think, oh, maybe we could do it a little bit differently. But, you know, it's interesting you mentioned talking to Rory because I was actually having a really good chat to Rory in Adelaide. And one of the things he told me was that he actually flips between vegan and paleo. And so mm-hmm. at various different times in his life, he's been vegan, he's been paleo. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think he said he's just flipped from vegan to paleo. But he, but he just finds that at certain times, then one way or the other seems to be working better for him. So he just goes with what's working. And I just thought that was really cool that it was just like, you know, whatever's working for you at the time. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you need something different. You listen to your body a bit. You take on some different nutrients. And, uh, and I think that's a cool thing. It is a cool thing. It is a cool thing. I just imagine like driving the left-hand side of the road, driving the right-hand side of the road, driving the left-hand side of the road, <laughs> side of the road. You know what I mean? Like it's so extreme. Like for me, I'm kind of middle the middle ground. You know, I, I take a bit from vegan. Like I have vegetarian and vegan meals sometimes and I'll go for the paleo meals sometimes. Like tonight I had uh, prosciutto with heirloom tomatoes and fresh basil leaves and, you know, all beautiful stuff. And then tomorrow night I might have, you know, Tomorrow's McDonald's. Tomorrow's McDonald's. Nah, we're talking middle ground of healthy food, right? You know, not you know, the Canadian sort of stuff that you guys have. But we're talking about nothing wrong with Canadian bacon, man. (laughs) Canadian bacon. It's like turkey bacon. Same deal, hey. Um, now, so it's funny, you know, because people are like, when I look on 100 Not Out, I interviewed John D. Martini, right? And I said to John, John, what? do you think helps somebody successfully age? And he goes, the least amount of variation possible. He said, find a middle ground 
and go. Mm. And so I thought, okay, cool. I like that. That's a good idea. He said, whenever you fluctuate, whenever you oscillate, whenever you're going one extreme to the other extreme, one extreme to the other extreme, then you know you, you're creating challenge within the body that may or may not be healing, right? So his thing was try to find some kind of middle ground. So when I hear of Rory, and Rory told me the same story, and I did smile, and he goes, I know what you're thinking. And I just smiled at Rory, and um, and I thought, why don't you just find somewhere that's in between, have a bit of vegan, have a bit of paleo all the time, rather than just going full vegan or full paleo. Anyway, that was his deal, and, and that's what, and Brett you know, goes, Brett goes, talk about- paleo. We talk about common ground here, though, Damo, and I think the thing is that there is actually a heap of common ground there. Like, it's, yeah. it's not like he's flipping between Big Macs and then, you know, vegan. It's like he's actually, what he's doing is he's just eating healthy food all the time, and he's eating lots of vegetables, he's eating lots of nuts and seeds, and then sometimes he feels like having a bit of meat, and sometimes he feels like having some eggs, and sometimes he doesn't. And, so, and also, sometimes he feels like having yogurt. So, like, yeah. we've gone, he does all of it, you know, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes Vegan, primal, paleo, paleo, primal, vegan, like, yeah. you know. So, but I think that's, a, that's kind of the point of today's episode is that if you actually look at what he's eating when he's in each of those phases, there's not actually a massive difference. Like, really, there's going to be a lot of healthy fruits and vegetables, a lot of real whole foods, a lot of, you know, nuts and seeds and those sort of things. And, and there's not a massive difference, actually, when you think about it, between when he's eating those different things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. true, though, because, I mean, one of the things is that we're talking about wellness principles and healthy principles, and how, do, how does someone get um, healthy and well? Because, I mean, we got so many listeners from all across the world, and I think it's about trying to find that key principles regards to food, exercise, and mindset to really help them move along in their journey in health, no matter where they are. And I think it's, uh, you know, one of the things I talked about today in, in the talk is that, you know, I got them to do a sort of um, a three-year plan, like a vision, and then break it down to like, you know, one-week goals. And it obviously there's a process to it. But a lot of people were actually, there was about a third of the room that were really struggling with that. Yeah. And I was, I was wondering, and I, I can see it in their face, and I'm like, wow, it's, it's interesting. From a business context, you know, we do it all the time. But, you know, for someone who's talking about health and wellness, um, they can't really do that. And I asked the question, you know, what, what is it so difficult about it? And a lot, of, a lot of stuff came up was like, I, it's just I don't know how to break it down. Or... Um, I don't know how. And that was like, that was the key thing. And I just recognized that don't worry about the how, like you got we're, we're planning here. We're planning goals and we're planning uh, visions here. It's about, you know, it's about what is the next step. And I think what you want to get out of this from this podcast today is about how can we move towards a better health and wellness lifestyle by taking the next step. And Martin Luther King said it best is that it don't worry about the whole staircase, just worry about the next step. And so, so let's talk about food. Um, Damien, you know, from a food perspective, what are some of the key principles that you believe are pretty much common amongst all, you know, quote unquote, diet lifestyle type of um, uh, in terms of food? But what are some of the key principles that are common themes? I think I think that the number one theme that's overarching throughout all of the healthy eating programs, whether it be a vegan, a paleo, a primal, a blood type, or or zone, any of them, pH all those things, the number one thing is to have a, a, essentially a plant-based diet. And so it's to eat bucket loads of vegetables but and some fruits, heaps of salads, and, uh, and, and that's kind of – that's where it all – that's the framework. That's where it should all come from. And then from there, you attach the other bits and pieces based on the philosophy of eating that you're choosing to do at that particular point in time. So if you're doing the Okinawan way, for example, then you might bring in – 
um, a bit, of, a little bit of fish, and of course, you might also bring in some some rice. If you if you're doing vegan, then you add some beans and legumes to that combination, and maybe some quinoa. And if you're doing paleo, you add in some you know some good quality cuts of meat and maybe some eggs and and go th- in that direction. And if you're doing zone, then of course you're going to add some fats and proteins, you know, to balance all that. And if you're doing blood type, you're going to look at the sorts of foods that are ideal for your blood type, like other proteins and fats. But the major premise, the big bucket, is the vegetable and salad base. Like that's the key. Mm. Thing. I think also too one of the common themes that I see as well with that is eating the best food possible like from whatever source you have or got yeah. or available to you wouldn't you agree with that brett yeah i think i think dame is dead right like the most you know i can't think of too many diets that say that eating lots of vegetables are bad for you i think mm. that's a that's a pretty common theme amongst pretty much every diet i can think of i think that's a misconception less... of paleo though isn't it like i know yeah. a lot of people think of yeah. paleo it's like Completely. all you eat is like just Completely. bacon it's like hamburgers. We, just, we literally just have yeah. the big stick of meat and we just have it, hold it by the bone and you know munch away and that's all we <laughs> like do the, yeah. your, your i've got a picture. photo of you doing that brother <laughs> <laughs> is it you know often people talk about paleo and, and i know some paleo people they like to say and it's a bit mischievous but they like to say more more vegetables and vegetarians you know it's like but yeah. it kind of is in you know it's I don't think it is more actually, but I think it, the concept that vegetarians have heaps more veggies than a paleo person is not always right. Like often they'll have a lot more um, legumes and grains and those sort of things, and, and probably the vegetable content's actually quite similar because we do eat lots of veggies in the paleo diet. So mm. it is a bit of a misconception there. But I think, like I said, veggies are really important. I think drinking lots of water. I think that's pretty common again amongst pretty much every diet I can think of. Um, I think the concept of yeah, just eating real food, you know, less processed as little chemicals as possible, you know, that's that's pretty common amongst most people I know of who are into health and wellness who are, who are consciously thinking about this sort of stuff. So, you know, I think that those are sort of the general rules, you know, real food, lots of veggies, drink some water, and as you said, get the best quality stuff you can. I think that really transfers across key, pretty that's much key. all the diets I can think of. Mm. Mm. And that's also too as well, it's, it's about eating a better food today than you did yesterday. You know, if you're sort of in that transitional period, it's not about, you know, obviously – go go veggies go whole food go organic as best as possible but if some people are just not ready for that or they're just you know they just for whatever reason they have a roadblock to that i think it's about making choices that are closer towards that health and wellness model versus to where you you know where you were yesterday i think it's that motion to move forward and make better choices each and every single meal sometimes like i mean let's face it i mean we we all three of us travel quite a bit you know in terms of you know where we got to speak and we got to travel around the world and sometimes when you're on a plane, like, you know, you don't have much of a choice. Like, unless you brought your own food, like, just say you didn't bring your own food, like, you are limited to what they're going to serve you, right? So it's about making choices of what to eat and what not to eat. Because if you're going to, I'm flying on a 14 hour flight, like, I'm not going to not eat anything. You're going to eat something. So you're going to have to make the choice that's best available. Like, would you not agree with that, Damon? Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. And look, Fortunately for you, LT, you fly first class, so they'll <laughs> yeah, win right. one, right? So it's it's never an issue. But for us mugs that fly, you know, back at back at the back of the plane, row fifty two, um, you know, you've still got to choose something that's good. So you might bring onto the plane some good quality, you know, mix of nuts and seeds, or you might actually bring in some other types of foods, a bit of fruit if you like. Um, but it's about being prepared, isn't it? So we talk about preparation time, and it's a, it's easier to eat good food if you're prepared. If you're not prepared, then you're always going to make a poorer decision than what you could have otherwise made. So as much as it's good to say eat the best possible food you possibly can every single time, it comes down to your preparation, how much mindset you've got. So I speak to a lot of people on a daily basis about the 
um, the decisions that they make at breakfast time, mid-morning, lunchtime, afternoon tea and dinner time and then after dinner. Um, and some of those people might be doing 5-2 or they might be doing you know, all kinds of different style eating programs. But the key thing that they say that gives them success is their preparation. And I remember Sean Croxton put it beautifully. He did the just eat real food thing, right, the Jerf principle, which I, I love that. Mm. And I see a lot of people throwing Jerf around all over the place. And I think that that's a really good reminder of the sorts of things that you should be choosing to eat when you get an opportunity to eat because it is an opportunity. It's a privilege to eat because there's people around the world who can't. And so if the only thing you do eat is real food, you're probably going to do a great job. Mm. Well, yeah. Gonna... And, Go, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, that was pretty much, you know, we spoke about the real food revolution. I mean, that was pretty much my talk because I, I was lucky enough in Adelaide to speak on the Friday night. So it was just the start of the whole weekend. Mm. So, so my talk, really, I was just sort of basing it, setting them up for the weekend and saying, well, look, this is what you need to do. You know, it is just about, you know, one bite at a time. It's about chunking it down and just doing something a little bit better than what you did before. And like you said, just, just making the best choice available. Like I know when I was in Norway, for instance, when I was in Oslo, they, they just have heaps of pastries. They seem to love pastries and <laughs> bread rolls and baguettes and coffee. Like they just seem to live off that stuff. And so, you know, a couple of times when I was there, like getting around and trying to find something that, you know, was okay to eat, I was like, I was battling. One morning I spent about 45 minutes walking around Oslo just trying to find something to eat. I know, no and kangaroos so and koalas. It's yeah, really tough. No kangaroos, <laughs> I know. And so sometimes it is tough. And sometimes you do just make the best choice of what's available. And, and sometimes I'll just skip a meal and I'll just have a little bit of a fast if I just literally can't find anything that's, that's worthwhile. And sometimes I'll do that too. Um, but, but then other times, you know, you can't skip meals forever. <laughs> You've got to eat eventually. And, and sometimes it is just a matter of, well, what's the best thing on the menu here? What's, you know, what's the least offensive, I guess, to, to me and to the way I'd like to eat and, and go with the best available? Mm. Well, let's move on to and shift it a little bit. Uh, I think we, we got that basic principle of, of healthy eating. But what about in terms of exercise? I mean, Brett, let's go back to you again. Um, you know, yeah. obviously from a movement perspective, you know, there are some yeah. core fundamental moves uh, or movement that we should all do. What are they yeah. and uh, what should people focus on? Well, I, th- I think the main one is movement, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's really the one fundamental theme amongst all of the people who are recommending all different types of exercise is pretty much what everyone is saying is Oof. we're way too sedentary. Yeah. We spend way too much time sitting still. I mean, the Chiropractic Association in Australia did some research and they showed that the average office worker is sitting for 16 hours a day. I mean, <laughs> think about that for a second, right? They're sitting for 16 hours a day. That's and, right. and then what, that is what, bot right. Yeah, and then what they figured out was, well, they actually were, they were sleeping for 6 hours and 47 minutes each day, so they're not getting enough sleep to start with. Yeah. But then you, you do your maths on that and you're left with 73 minutes each day. And that's not 73 minutes that people are actually exercising. That's just literally moving. That's not sitting or sleeping. So 73 minutes out of an entire day, every single day. I mean, that's really the common thread, I think, amongst all of the different fitness regimes is that you just need to do something. And whether that's getting up and walking, whether that's doing some high interval training, whether you're lifting massive weights, whether you're doing body weight, whether you're doing whatever it is, it's just... Yoga, Pilates, you know, it's just let's just do something. And and I think it's it's a bit like the um the food we were just talking about. It's well, what about if you just did a little bit more than you did yesterday? And what about if you just you know improved slightly each time, and and maybe just improve the quality of your movement a little bit each time? So you might be working on your form, you might be working on your flexibility, you might be working on your strength. You know, it's that once again, I think it's that gradual improvement because we know that the body, you know, if you keep doing the same exercise each day, then it's not giving your body any stimulus to change. So it's about, you know, getting good quality movement, but then, you know, just increasing it, just challenging yourself a little bit. I think those are really the common themes that are out there amongst all of the different exercise modalities. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Damien, I mean, you travel quite a bit, and、uh, when you go and travel, what are some of the key things that you commonly do, or make sure you do when you're, you know, traveling for long periods of time? Well, LT, it depends largely on my motivation at the time. So sometimes it'll just be a simple cruisy walk, right? Other times, if I'm down near the beach, I might start the morning off with some Tai Chi, right? Because I love it.、Um, other times, it could be that、um, I, I, I push play on a little bit of、um, insanity, and so I might be playing some insanity on my on my MacBook Pro, and I'll be watching some. I'll be doing insanity. For ninety minutes and going hard, and so it depends on where I'm at at that time. Sometimes I'll just do some squats, lunges, push-ups, and、um, tricep dips, you know, just to keep my body moving. But Bredo's right; it's all about just moving, and I think that's really important. And on again on a hundred night out, we spoke to we've spoken to so many people about、um, what are the sorts of things they do to keep moving,、um, and one of the principles of aging successfully is just to move. So. Obviously, there's exercise,、um, but there's so many different types of exercise that you can do. I actually spoke to a chiropractor today,、um, who at the age of 60 ran his first marathon. He's、oh. 64.、Um, he's done nine runs for the kids,、um, and he's、um, and he's just about to run. He just ran his fourth Melbourne marathon, and、wow. so he's. He's only just started, but he feels younger now than what he did ten years ago. Is what he was saying, and so it, it, I think there's no. Time like now to start exercising, but the key thing is to at least get moving and find something that you're really excited about, something you're really passionate about,、um, and something that is not going to burn you out、um, at any point in time. The idea would be to just edge your way in, and like Brett said, go a little bit further or a little bit better or a little bit stronger each time you go and do it. And I think another thing you touched on there, Damo, is consistency. I think consistency in terms of exercise is really important as well. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do the same exercise every day, or even the same exercise this month as you're doing next month. That's it. But I think it's consistency of effort, consistency of challenging yourself and your body, you know, regularly, you know, each day or each week or you know, however often you're exercising. But but it, it's the over time is when the benefit starts to add up. I reckon with exercise and with diet, you know, if you if you go in the crash diet and then you you know letting yourself go for a month and then crash dieting and letting yourself go for a month, you know, and it's the same as exercise. If you if you're just jumping on and going hard for four weeks and then forgetting about it for a month and then trying again three months later, and you know, it, I think it's the consistency that really gets you the reward for effort. Mm, and it's also the, also the consistency of being、uh, having variety in your exercise. You know, having、yeah. changes every single day or every you know every so often. Because if you do the same exercise over and over again, you you know your body's going to adapt to that situation. And if、yeah. you don't change, you don't have that variety in terms of different muscles or different.、Uh, you know, if you always do cardio and nothing else. Like you're not challenging your body, and the whole point of your body is not to be、um, at a point of where it just reaches a a, a state of、um, equilibrium. You want to have that consistency of change, you know, have to be functional. And and this is where I think the functional movements are really important. And I don't know, Brett, if you want to cover those, you know, the key fundamental functional movements that that you know we should at least focus on in terms of strength and also mobility. But I think、yeah. they're really key. You know, I think those well, patterns are, are are the basic dynamics of how the human frame is built.、And And by doing those exercises, really going to create those changes and build、um, the fundamental key principles of actually moving to do more complicated tasks. Yeah, well, it is. It's just kind of the simple things, isn't it? Like you know, walking and running. I mean, that's just a simple functional movement that we all need to be able to do, and and it's just such a natural movement that almost sometimes we don't even think about it. But but you know, it is something that you can work on, you can improve, you can do on a consistent basis. You can you know, it can it can fit into all of those things we've just spoken about. But also, you know, something as simple as you know, jumping or you know, lifting up something heavy. 
you know, mm, squatting, it, it's basically, squatting, lunging, pushing, pulling. pulling yeah. You know, it's it's just those simple movements, and and there's a bucket loads of ways that you can do each of those movements. You know, I really like the functional approach to it of you know, kind of doing it the way our body was intended to, and using our whole body and using all of those you know core stabilizing muscles because you're using your whole body at once and doing it in a very functional way. Um, but there's heaps of other ways of doing it. And heaps of people have got different ideas around rehabbing certain muscles and isolating and you know isometric and all those sort of you know different movements. But but really, when it comes back to it, it's just those simple movements that that are involved in all the facets of exercise. I mean, like I said, I, I think the functional approach makes the most sense to me because it's it's activating those muscles in a really systematic way, but in a way that's uh, you know training your body to actually move in a way that's going to be useful in life. You know, firing those muscles in the right order, in the right way. You know, the right muscle groups firing together in a way that you know that they are going to fire or fire when you need to do something. You know, like if I'm going to be going to move, help someone move house, then I'm going to be lifting stuff and you know perhaps doing some awkward movements. I'm going to be lifting a house, not the house, not the house. (laughs) But you know, you might be lifting some furniture, for example. And it's a good example of you know if you haven't trained in that functional way be able to use your whole body to lift something, then you know, when you go to do it, you might actually cause yourself some mischief. If you've only ever isolated your abs at the one time and then isolated your back at one time and isolated your legs and isolated your upper body, then you go to lift a piano and you start trying to use your legs and your back and your abs and your arms at the same time, mm. then you know, you're going to cause yourself some mischief. You might feel a bit isolated. Yeah, piano probably <laughs> boom, wasn't a great boom. example. I'm not sure that <laughs> I can lift a piano, but <laughs> well, can I just? I've the last couple of weekends I've had the opportunity to be at both Fitex and Filex, and uh, yes. we've had forage at both of those places, and I've seen two different worlds of people. I've got to tell you, Fitex was a non-Asada approved event um, where there was a lot of blokes with um, biceps the size of Lawrence's chest. Like massive, like huge blokes. Must have been huge massive. then. Huge, like <laughs> massive blokes. That's why I'm saying your chest, not my chest, your chest. So it was like so big, these these massive blokes. But they were using all kinds of substances. But everything was done in um, in different lines. I mean, the thing that they might not have done in in a particular um, stream might have been, a, say, a bench press or something where they're bench pressing 400 kilograms. But they're, where they're doing everything else is using machines. And so they've got these perfectly formed rounded muscles or like massive big bulging pecs or abs that you could, you know, you could knead bread on or use as a washing <laughs> board. Like unbelievable. Were there and some DMOs there, Demo? DMOs, like DMOs everywhere. <laughs> Rebecca, my girl from Forage, was absolutely on. She was out of control. Like she was, i got to get some numbers. Like she was out there. And so I've gone there and then I was like, Oh, I couldn't believe it because these guys, they were so strong. Like one bloke lifted up a car 400 kilograms above his head, bang, just like that. It's like, whoa, unbelievable. <laughs> then today I was at Filex over the oh, – in fact, over this weekend. So Filex was the, Austro- the Australian Fitness Institute Expo and or Health and Fitness Expo and it was massive, twice the size of FitEx. Um, over 50,000 people going through there and these people were fit. So a lot of these people were doing CrossFit um, doing lots of my tie or types of boxing, all these sorts of types of fitness exercises that were very functional. And the difference between the body types and the fitness uh, was quite profound, like phenomenal. Like leaner? Uh, leaner, healthier looking, um, you know, more natural, I suppose. They look like they could handle anything. Um, so what was interesting to me was that the CrossFitters look like, you know, if, if they look like they probably couldn't lift up a 400 
um, kilogram car, but there was no need to. They would probably lift up the part <laughs> that was falling on the person who was trapped underneath it. They were primed, ready to rock and roll for something that went wrong. Whereas the blokes um, that were absolutely huge, they'd, they'd built their life around actually lifting stuff. So there, there's different ways to get fit. And the the point I'm trying to make is that you could go any way that you want to. You can go as hard or as soft as you like to. The key thing is that you need to be prepared to protect your body, and that is by exercising in functional ranges of motion. And and I'm agreeing there with Lawrence. Love what you're saying there, Bredo. And it's been absolutely eye-opening for me at these two events where I've seen close to 100,000 people walk through with different shaped bodies. Um, And when I went to the toilet, like the toilet at FitX was fluoro. Like it was fluoro. There was stuff on the floor that was glowing. It looked like it came from the Simpsons. It was unbelievable. And then, you know, today when I was at the bathroom, it was just all relatively clean. So big differences in the way in which you can actually put your body together. But fitness comes from functional movement. So, Lawrence, you're a mindset expert. You're our guru here on the show. So what about from a mindset perspective? Like what are the common threads that really sort of go through amongst all of the different, I guess, mindset gurus that are out there? And I know you've listened to and been to and seen most of them. So who are the gurus? What do they say? What are the common threads amongst all of them, Lawrence? Well, I mean, if you just look at what just uh, Damien just mentioned about those two groups of people that are so different, but yet they are the same because really they're driven by um, – uh, passion, right? They're driven by a specific goal and reason for them to do it. And obviously in two different paths, but they all are driven to do whatever they want to do. So I think, you know, one of the key things about anything in terms of health and wellness, you got to be interested in it and interested in enough that it moves you to want to be better. Uh, and that goes with your, you know, anything with business or your life is that if you don't really care, um, you're just going to go a long life as if you're a passenger or as if you're an extra in your own movie. And, but I think we need to start to become the star of our own movie and become really the, the person that has a, some sort of passion that you want to make your life better. And no one can do it for you. You can listen to all these podcasts all you want, but if you don't actually have that drive within yourself to make the change, it's not going to happen. You're just going to become this guru with a lot of information, but have, uh, but has no, um, you haven't made any transformation whatsoever. So I think that's like, that's a key. Uh, another thing too, as well, uh, you know, f- to, to become more productive in terms of health and wellness is just make the first step simple. You know, I kind of mentioned about the Martin Luther King thing. Um, I've been hammering about this over the last month just because it, you know, just from a variety of different things I'm doing is, is that, you know, you don't need to see the whole staircase. You got to take the first step. And I think that's really c- critical because oftentimes we, we don't want to make, we have a vision of a goal or a thing that we want to do, but then we stop ourselves immediately because we say, I don't know how to do that. And then you just stop and that's it. Like that goal is gone. And I think it's really important that you start to think about what is the next logical step, but that step has to be easy. Like it's got to be so simple that it's, that you keep on moving forward. So there's that perpetual motion, um, in in uh, in your way to create whatever you want to do, whether it be an exercise program or the the way you are planning for your eating habits, and I think it's really important to make sure that there's perpetual forward motion. And I think here, you know, as we're ending off this podcast here, is that the speed of implementation is really key. The faster you implement something, an idea that you get from one of these podcasts or another podcast you listen to, or you go into a seminar, the faster you implement, the more likely you're actually going to change. Because if you don't implement right away, there's no way it's going to sit. It's going to be that booklet that sits in the shelf that you'll never touch again. And you just know where the reference is, but you never will do anything with it. So I think when you come back from a seminar or you listen to a podcast, take something away. Take the one thing that you can take away 
and do it immediately. Do whatever the next logical step is to do and do it. And that will create another step and goes, okay, what's the next step? And then that will create momentum for you to build upon that to create health and wellness. Just before you burn through the last of the few minutes that we've got remaining, Lawrence, I met a lady at this conference today and her little boy, who's 10 years old, uh, loves us, loves us to bits. And his name's Andy. Hey, Andy. And, uh, hey, Andy. G'day, Andy. And he listens to us all the time. He loves us. And I wanted to find out, like, at what point is it the best time to get your mindset right? And what do you do when you're a little kid trying to get your mindset right when all your other mates are eating Maccas and eating lollies and all that sort of stuff? How do you get your mindset right? I think it's two perspectives. Number one, I think from the parent's perspective, I think you can, you, they're never too young to really um, hone in on the mindset and really teach them, you know? And so I really believe that. I mean, if you look at a little kid, like say one-year-old, um, they know more than you think and you give them credit for, you know, and yeah, they may not be able to talk back, but they understand everything that you're doing. So I think they're observing you all the time as a parent. They're observing how you act, how you say things, how you react to your, your facial expressions. And so if you're angry or you're, you know, sad all the time among your house, uh, in the household, they're going to pick that up. So from a mindset, mindset perspective, I think it starts really, really young. Okay. That's from the parents perspective. This is just, you know, on the side there as a kid though. Um, honestly, you, it's about learning that lesson that I mean, I was just teaching Kaya this, you know, my daughter who's five. She's cute. Right. And so one of the things what she was struggling through is that, you know, um, is, is the opinion of others. So she drew this beautiful picture today, right? Beautiful as in a five-year-old would draw her. She drew two killer whales on the picture. And then she said to go, Christian, which is my son, who's just, who's turning three. He says, uh, what do you think of it? And he goes, I don't like it. And she just burst out crying. Right? And, and it's the poor little girl. She's so emotional. And, and it's the lesson there is that I, I literally have to sit her down and go, listen, it's not the matter of the opinions of others. It's the matter of opinions of yourself. Are you proud of that picture? And I think, you know, as a 10-year-old, and you can kind of get this concept there, Andy, is that for you is that it doesn't really matter what your friends and, and, and uh, your friends or your whoever family um, may not agree with you. But at the end of the day is that you need to accept who you are and you got to be proud of who you are and everything that you do. Because once you start doing that, when you take self-responsibility that your rep- your character is more important because your reputation is basically, I remember reading that something, reputation is basically the, other, the other's opinion of you. And that is irrelevant because it's more about character. Character defines you and that's going to define your legacy in, in the future. Whew. I'm going to play that in half speed because that was uh, that was mind blowing. That was great. <laughs> when you get on a roll, LT, bang! It just it just all comes out. Well, you left me like five minutes. I had to speak really fast, so uh, hey. you know, cut it down to half a speed. So, anyways, I hope you guys got a lot out of that because obviously we got to end this particular podcast. But if you love the things that we talked about, make sure you do share this with your friends and family because it's so important that uh, we start making an impact in our communities, and that's one way to do that is through you. Um, and uh, the only way to do that is also tell us what you think about the podcast by going out to our Facebook page facebook.com slash the wellness guys or slash the wellness couch subscribe to us on itunes while you're there me please leave damien and us a five-star rating because that's what we love and leave a comment too as well until next week begin creating wellness into our lives lead by example let's change the world health together join us next week on the wellness guys show Hi, Damien Krista from The Wellness Guys here. It is on! The Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in August. You asked for more and we listened. This year's Wellness Summit is not one, but two days of powerhouse wellness filled with your favourite wellness couch hosts, including The Wellness Guys and the Up For A Chat Girls and a very special guest. What's even more special is our crazy early bird two-for-one special offer. But... 
These seats are strictly limited to 150 seats and you must sign up to be a member of the couch by no later than midnight on Sunday, April 27, Eastern Australian Standard Time. Membership is free by signing up at www.thewellnesscouch.com. Don't miss out on half-price tickets to the summit. Register your name and email at www.thewellnesscouch.com and we'll see you in Melbourne to climb the Wellness Summit. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.